0: I think there are a lot of ways to live for God, but I think that the best way to start is to figure out your purpose and what His blessing and what He's blessed you with talent wise. So, what you're good at and how you're able to reflect Him the most. We are called to, to be direct images of Him. We can never truly achieve that because we are not perfect and He loves or, and He lived the perfect life. But the best way, I think, is to understand your purpose and fulfill that purpose. In the most godly manner that you can mm. so that's pretty much like what i but i think there's still like some error in that there's still well, how do i find my purpose yeah how do i so i don't know there's, there's a lot
1: we can get into this for sure, sure. oh ah <laughs> uh, it's crazy because all right so with you i actually got introduced to who you were before i met you at the gym do you know that really yeah so with the whole clothing line i got messaged and i was like hey Jake and me, uh, because it was Morgan, Jake and me would be down to, to like do the, like the modeling stuff. And then they were like, Jake has a friend named Brayden Mm -hmm. and she sent me your Instagram Mm -hmm. and she was like, he makes dope videos. Like you should check him out or whatever. So I checked you out. I'm like, okay, like I'm never going to meet this person or whatever. So like, not, I'll never meet this person. She said that you are a model for somebody else. So she's like, I don't know if he'd be able to, to help out because you're a model for somebody else. Yeah and then that was like two months ago Mm -hmm. and then i meet you at the gym yeah yeah. i think
0: that it's like i don't know we can jump right into that but um like as far as that goes that's that's crazy because i think that just there's a reason for everything yep um i've never jumped into anything where i would be like limited to the image of god and so like i guess i have done things for different like clothing brands and, and and um I've sponsored I've been sponsored by different people or whatever, but I've never been I've never done it in a way where I'm would be limited to what okay. I can or can't do. That's dope. So, but that's that's super cool. That yeah uh, she said that and yeah. That now here we are. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um what about so what how did that first happen? That's, like with with getting sponsored for clothes and stuff like that.
0: Um, honestly, so I've always been a big believer in like putting yourself out there. Mm. I know for a lot of people, it's kind of harder than it, than it may seem. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess for me, like for instance, coming to Atlanta, it's 12 hours from home and I was, you know, by myself. And so there's a big concept that I, you know, believe in is it's, I put myself out here by moving 12 hours. So yep. now I literally have to put myself out here. You know what I'm saying? So,
1: was this scary in the beginning? How'd that work? Um, yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> Cause I, I had nobody. Um, yep. I, I, didn't really have a community, so I came here, I work in a trade, and so I, there's my people, I I guess not my people, but I guess the, the, the the ones who I can get along with the most, the one who I can share the most, like connection with, they, it's not a lot of the people who are in trades, it's not a lot of the people who are 40 years old or 50 years old, you know, they might have, um, you know, an alcohol problem or a drug, whatever, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, like, that's not my, I guess, people that I want to be around all the time, so... Um, for me, like being in a trade, it was what I love. I feel like it's my purpose. And, um, you know, it was hard cause that's not where I guess my community is. And so I guess that's when
1: I jumped into faith. What was your question that you just asked the first question though? First question was like, how did, was it hard? And was it, was it scary going from,
0: oh, wait, wait, I think it was, I think it was, how did I jump into the, um, the, uh, I guess modeling. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. That was okay. the first question. So, so back to my concept of like putting yourself out there okay so a lot of people like and and this goes back to like high school and being recruited mm-hmm. for like football and everything like that mm-hmm. you have to be able to put your brand or yourself out there and so i love photography you know it's, it's always been something that's caught my eye i love to do videos um and so once i kind of had built up a little bit now I'm just like DMing and like messaging all these clothing brands. And, no way. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was, it was cool. Cause it's, you know, sometimes you, you don't hear anything back or, um, which I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So for real? I, um, I messaged them and sometimes I would hear something back. Sometimes it would be, Oh, we're not looking for anybody right now. Um, but then other times it'd be like, yeah, let's jump on board. And so then it was. Um, you know, sending like packages in the mail, all I had to do was post about it, but I think I got a little carried away with it as far as like, not, I didn't represent like the image that I, I started to create. It was for like a couple months. I was like, I don't really want to just do these clothing brands. You know, I want to be like my own brand. I want to, you know, I want to be the image of God. I want to, um, share his brand, you know? So I want to, how do I incorporate his brand with mine? You see what I'm saying? So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, and so then it just kind of went from there. And then I've got friends now, um, just through getting connected in Atlanta. I've got friends now who own like the um, the what the He Would Love First brand. I saw uh, that one. Yeah. So they they actually through Passion, which is the church I go to. Um, they they go to that church as well, and I got connected through a lot of their their friend group. And and eventually, I've actually done work in their shop, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, then one day I was like, Hey, like, you guys want anybody to, you know, kind of model for you guys or like use some of your brands or clothes or whatever? So and and then it's yeah, I don't know, it's it's photography and clothes, and it's two of my favorite my favorite things. Dude, that's so
1: dope. Yeah. Well, welcome everybody to the Finding Faith Podcast. I'm here with Braden Bond. Brayden, how are you doing today? Nice to meet you again. I'm
0: fantastic. I'm good. Second time meeting you.
1: Yeah. It's like it's like a ritual. Now I meet someone for the first or second time, and then they're on the podcast. So that's just how it's been working lately. Yeah. God uh, God works in wonderful <laughs> ways. So you kind of started talking about it already before but um let's go back to like what's your story um where where did you grow up and then when did you move to Atlanta
0: um my story wow that's a loaded question yeah um <laughs> uh, I'm from Missouri okay um I was born in Illinois uh, you were I was I was born in Illinois what city? I thought I told you that the other day this man's from Chicago yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, was, I was born in uh Maryville Illinois okay which is, it's right outside of St. Louis yep um, and then I grew up four hours South of St. Louis. It's in the, the Southwest corner of Missouri. It's a mm-hmm. place called, um, web city. Some people know that the town of Joplin, um, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger city, a more known city down there, but, um, grew up there, went to high school at the same high school, um, grew up with all the same friends. And then, um, when I was. 15 my grandpa got me introduced into the trade world um i became an electrician
1: was he an electrician as well yeah he was
0: um and it was kind of like a joke like one summer he asked me if i wanted to go wire a garage with him and i was like yeah shoot yeah like let me go make some side money and then let me go have fun with friends and go to the mall and and blow it all um (laughs) and uh so yeah, so I did that and then it just turned into more, more jobs, more jobs, more jobs. So while I was pursuing sports and, um, you know, football and basketball and and, and track, I um, was working on the side. So like track season would have been super hard for me. It was, they were always super hard for me for two years, junior year and senior year. Mm-hmm. And it was just because I was going to school and then track and then I would have to go work because I it was me and my uncle were the only people that my grandpa had. Right. So A lot of times it was like I would have to put aside Um, like friend time, like I couldn't spend time with friends, so I'd have to go work and you know, it kind of sucked, but I, I quickly had to learn to embrace it. And so I knew that, uh, I, I learned through just job after job after job that, um, I wanted to do this like as a career. And so because of that, it kind of shifted my perspective to, I don't have to do this, but I kind of get to, and you know, I think we all get kind of sidetracked and it, it goes back to, dang, I have to go to work today. I have to, but. I think it's, um, it's very easy for that to happen. But, um, I think just kind of understanding the purpose of it. And I I knew that it was kind of my purpose. I knew it was, it came to me easy and it didn't, I didn't really have to think when I did it. So I knew there was a greater calling for it. So I had, I had to change my perspective somehow. Um, it wasn't, it quickly changed to no longer having to do it. So, um, but after high school, so mm-hmm. it was either go play college football or it was um, go be an electrician. And so I was like, "Well, I don't want to be in debt." COVID year was my senior year, oh, so bro. Like Twenty. Years. Wait,
1: so, so did you? COVID year was your senior. Year. Did you play it all that year, or how yeah, that work?
0: We, we played, um, and it was funny because this is actually hilarious. <laughs> I wasn't gonna do track that year, okay? Because, so so obviously football's in the fall, and then you have basketball in the winter, tracks in the spring. Right? Yep. So that year I had actually I didn't play basketball because um I wanted to focus on football. And at that time during that winter, I was trying to decide if I was gonna go play college football. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't wanna I I don't know, I just didn't I didn't play basketball that year. Uh, I was more so like weightlifting and, and yep. um, you know, I was going to the game, being in the student section, and stuff like that. But regardless, <laughs> I was still an athlete, I suppose, and I love to track. Um, I wasn't gonna run track that year because I, well, I was torn. It was either go run track or go work and make money. And okay. so, um, it was, I was like, I, it was like, I think track starts in like February, um, is when like the off season starts or January or whatever. And I was like, dang, I think I'm just going to go like work. Um, and so my track coach was actually, he was kind of upset about it. Um, uh, cause I had ran track the previous three years in high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, Then I was like, it was like, we were like a week into practice. And so I missed like the first three or four days of practice. Um, because I was like, nah, I'm just going to go work this year. But then I like, I thought about it and I was like, this is the last sport. Exactly. I'm going to be able to play in high school. And I was like, why would I not do that? Yeah. So I like the, uh, I'm, I'm competitive. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, dang, like I, I really need to do this. Right. So here I am. I've missed three or four days of practice already. (coughs) And, um, I missed three or four days of practice already, and I'm like, hey, like, I actually think I want to come back out. So I come out, and because I'd missed that many days of practice already, I had them run bleachers. And my football stadium back home is not small. Really? At all. They, like, <laughs> the stands run from end zone to end zone, and they're probably three or four stories high. Like, okay. they're not small. Okay. And so one set of bleachers is down and back. Well, I had to run five every day that I missed. So here I am having to run 20 bleachers, dude. <laughs> and it, it sucked so bad, but I got him. I eventually I got him done. Uh, my coach, he had actually worked out a deal with me. He was like, all right, I got down to like the last five. All right. And I had already ran like five on the final day. And I was like, dude, I'm so tired. I have five more. He's like, all right, well, just give me two and you can be finished. And we'll, we need, we need to start practice. So I was like, all right, cool. So I did that. And then we go to pract- track practice the next week. And then it was, Boom! COVID, lost it. Lost the season. So I pretty much had done. You all You did all dude, of them. <laughs> did all my bleachers for no reason. And no. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, that that definitely sucked. But yeah, here we are. I was struggling with the thought of sports or mm-hmm. go work. Mm-hmm. I chose to go with sports. Right. Ultimately, because mm-hmm. I because I it was my competitiveness. I wanted to do it because it was the last thing I was gonna be able to do. Yeah. Then ultimately. God redirected me and he said, no, go work. Right. So he threw COVID in the way. So that's again, another perspective thing. I kind of had to shift my perspective um, when that happened and it was, it was, yeah, it sucked. I mean, I was like so excited to try it that year. I was excited to run and go compete, but then I was like, well, now I just get to go work. Yeah. so then I, then I went to work. And, um, so that, that happened. We COVID happened senior year. It actually, for us in Missouri, we, um, it was spring break, which is the third week of March. We had went to spring break and then they told us while we were on spring break that we weren't going to go back. So that first they had only done it for like a week or two. They had postponed it for like a week or two. Um, and then they told us it was going to be the end of April. So before we went back, so like April 28th or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's actually funny because for my senior project, I had interviewed um, a local electrician. I job shadowed him everything. And it was faster and more efficient ways to wire homes. And I was like super stoked about it. I got to go job shadow him and basically walk through the day of him owning a company and what he does and how he runs his guys um, and all that. And it was, it, was, it was great. And I walked out of that, my job shadow for my senior project, he gave me a job application. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool not knowing, which is kind of crazy because I'm putting this correlation together now, <laughs> not knowing how God was going to transpire, right? Mm. And so he gave me that job application, right? And that was like that was like early March, right? Before spring break. I was like, all right, cool. Well, I guess I'll fill this out and wait till my senior year's over. Um, and then, then COVID happened, obviously, and I learned I wasn't going to go back till the end of April. And so for me, I was like, well, I'm not just going to sit here. And so I'm like, I'm not going to sit here for an entire month. And, um, so I filled the job application out, turned it into him. He's like, all right, you ready to start next Monday? So (laughs) I ended up starting, Yeah, I ended up (laughs) up starting like the, the, the second week in April. And so, and I remember too shortly, like shortly after that, they had told us, Hey, we're not going back for the rest of the year. And I was like, dude, like this sucks. You know, I didn't get a, I didn't get a prom. I yeah. didn't get graduation. It was all delayed to the end of the year. Luckily we had parents that hosted the prom for us. That's whatever. dope. But I remember like towards the end of the year, cause I was in two college classes. The college classes were what mattered like most. And so at that time I didn't know I had signed up for the college classes cause I didn't know if I was going to college or not. Mm-hmm. Then I, then I decided not to, but I was still enrolled in them, whatever. So now here I am working and I'm, I remember so vividly, I was putting in an outlet for a stove and I, here I am. I'm sitting on a five gallon bucket, putting in an outlet for a stove. I've got my phone open, sitting on the ground. I'm on a zoom meeting for my college. Uh, I think it was my comp class, my college comp class. So it's a writing class. What? And like, I just remember being in that and my camera was on. So everybody was kind of laughing at me. Uh, cause I was just here I am installing a range, a range <laughs> outlet, so, but pretty funny. Um, and so I go on to work for that company for like a year and a half and, um, you know, I had, there was a younger guy who I worked with. We called him Peewee. I uh, mm-hmm. got along with him great. Uh, there was a couple other guys who worked in the company. I, I kind of followed them. But um, kind of like my whole thing about perspective and, and putting yourself out there, um, I learned really, really fast. And I knew that I understood it. And so you kind of have to understand the theory of your job or whatever. Um, so understanding the theory of it and, and um, you know, putting myself out there. Now here I am. I'm, I was 17 at the time in a trade. Um, and I think a lot of people, even now still being in Atlanta, people will look at me, Oh, you're a baby. And they'll like automatically judge me as soon as I walk in their house. Really? Yeah, dude, it sucks. Um, but it's like,
1: it's like, you don't have credibility, but you do have credibility. And
0: then like I go in and I tell them about, you know, things that are going on with their system or whatever. And you know, what's, what's code and what they don't have. And then I'm like, then I'll, I'll break apart, open up, open up a panel and their panel is, is burnt. Like almost on fire. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's about to burn down. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, you know, it's, so it's you like, do know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, you know, being, I started full time 17 and I was kind of, you know, I was out there in the wilderness almost and being in a trade and being the young guy, you're always the one to, you're, you're the weasel. So for me as an electrician, I was always the one getting in the attic. I was always the one just doing the grunt work. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, perspective and I, I embraced and so I got really good at being the grunt we would go in houses where it was a new house and we'd have to obviously wire it open studs everything no drywall and go in and I'm up in the attic automatically boom start running you know main lines home runs whatever and I would get it done and I perfected it and mm-hmm. so um, this is also I guess another correlation right now is is I learned how to perfect the process and I learned how to I guess embrace it as well um, but if I didn't I know now if I didn't do that then then I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And so I'm, I'm super goal driven. I'm, I'm, I'm determined to get somewhere and do something. And, um, I know that there's a reason for everything. And so going through all that, that process, I knew, I knew I had to get, do it all. I knew how to go through the process in order to get where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so I think the best way, um, you kind of have to endure that you have to embrace it. And so, like I said, I embraced it being the grunt and then I got really good at it. And then it was, now I'm, now I'm teaching people how to do it at 18, you know? And then, um, then I, then, like I said, I I moved, so I worked with them for a year, a year and a half. So that was in Missouri. So that was in Missouri. So I was 2020 all the way to July of 2021. And then in July of 2021, my grandfather he had actually moved to atlanta for an electrical company
1: no way yeah, so he
0: he was here and i was on during during that summer i had saved up enough money i took my first vacation like ever that i've i never been to a beach nothing okay um which i yeah so then um
1: where was it where you got Puerto Rico let's go yeah.
0: so I was <laughs> I was with um five of my friends I was in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. in June so the like I think it was like June 9th or June 10th whatever somewhere around there it's right before my birthday okay and I was down there and I was I kind of just decided I was like you know what like I want to get out of like the, my hometown yep. I just want to go and I want to experience life and and just you know see what else is out there and so um during that time I'm super into my faith you mm-hmm. know I th- let's backtrack a little
1: yeah bit. let's 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 go back <laughs> let's backtrack a little bit
0: so in 2020 when I was working full time I was kind of I was by myself um you know all my friends are in college now they all have their own schedule now I'm over here working full time mm-hmm. I've kind of got my own schedule mm-hmm. I don't live the party scene I don't go to a uh you know a division 1 college where everybody goes out every night or on the weekends whatever like on the weekend, on the weekends I was pretty much a loner. Like I, I I was, and it was different for me because I grew up with a lot of friends. And so quickly after high school, but just because of my schedule, um, it very quickly dwindled down as I'm sure a lot of people like experience, you know, after high school, you stop seeing people every day, whatever. Yep. Um, so my, my circle dwindled down really fast to the people who I really wanted, you know, in my life. Exactly. Um, let's see. Um, I worked full time until, and it was about October. So it was about October of 2020. 2020. I got invited by a friend to church. I had always been like in my faith. I was baptized in eighth grade. Um, You know, I understood um, the the meaning of God in my life, but I never really lived it. And was your
1: family very religious too? They
0: weren't. So, well, I guess, I mean, they were, they believed, but we didn't go to church all the time. Okay. Um, You know, we didn't, we didn't. I mean, maybe it was maybe Easter and Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and there was a um, there was a short period of time when I was growing up, like in the beginning of high school, freshman sophomore year, or uh, my uncle. He my uncle actually baptized me. He baptized me in eighth grade, but during that time, he um, was very like a very good um, example of what a young Christian male should be like, and so. Um, Quickly, obviously, learned from him. uh You know, I used that's funny because I think about I used to hate riding in the car with him when I was in like eighth grade. Really? Freshman year. Yes, dude, because he would always ask me questions. What are you reading? What are you, you know, what are you going through right now? I'm like, dude, I just want to go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not reading my Bible. Like, I'm not because like you're a freshman. It's like like you don't want to you don't want to just sit down and read. Like yeah, that, it's hard. Um, and I think I think sometimes when you're that young and don't maybe understand it or have a full grasp of it, it's kind of intimidating. Yeah. And so, um, like I said, he was always asking me that. And I know now he was just being persistent and doing yeah. his duty. Um, you know, he was discipling me. And so, like I said, he baptized me eighth grade. Um, you know, I kind of walked. I just I just kind of went with wherever the wind blew. I wasn't into faith. Like I said, I didn't party or anything like that. Um, but then after high school, I kind of like just, I, I quickly realized, like, there's more to life than just, like, just what's going on, like what the, what society has made it. Exactly. Know? So, um, I just had to kind of change my perspective. It was, it was, n- I don't have to be alone. Mm. No, I, I don't really have my community anymore. I don't have my athletes around me. I have like a select three or four friends that I hang out with all the time. And then I go to work. I'm in a trade. Like I said earlier, I don't, my, my community not necessarily in the trade. Um, I want it to be, but it's, it's not always, it's not always that way. Um, and so, i knew that church would have been a place where i could find a common ground so mm. in october of that year i got invited by a friend um and it was amazing after that i started listening to uh, Stephen furtick he's the pastor for elevation yep so uh is this missouri when i was still in missouri okay that's correct so that was in 2020 got right? it so in october 2020 um, I got invited by a friend and then they started to kind of not really go anymore or, or we kind of like started to go at different times you know it'd be different uh, the different gatherings or whatever mm-hmm. um, and I just kind of i kind of grew into like being addicted to going by myself mm. you know i, I learned there's I power like, in that. there is there's a lot of power in going by yourself and i think that there's a lot more vulnerability with god when you do it by yourself as well mm. so not only was i i was working full-time during the week um i was hanging out with my friends like maybe two or three nights out of the week you know my close two or three friends three or four friends um and then on sundays saturdays usually might have been like a side job or something or i'd go bowling or something like that because i'm super into bowling for some reason that was another thing I picked up being by myself. I just started bowling. It was competitive. I could do it by myself. I could just listen to music and bowl. That's dope. And so I got good at it. Yeah. And then I got I've now I have 5 balls and I bowl in tournaments all over the state. No way. Yeah, so yeah.
1: like you you have like your own like bowling balls and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: My mom actually just got me one for Christmas. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> <was pretty> <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I got got into bowling or whatever. So maybe it was like bowling um, you know, one or two nights a week as well cuz mm-hmm. I'd go in and practice. But on Sundays, it was it quickly grew into um, going to church and then I would go eat at First Watch. which is the best place ever good. on this planet. Yeah. I love First Watch. Yeah, I would go to eat at First Watch, which was down the street from my church. I okay. would do that
1: every single Sunday by myself. I didn't. I didn't need anybody. I was oh, good. I, I was chilling. Right then, wait. What, what do you do? Like, are you are you listening to music? Do you have like a book with you or at First you? Watch?
0: Yeah. So actually, I would go in there and I would go to church on Sunday, listen uh-huh. to the, the sermon, whatever yeah, yeah. They, that our um, our preacher, his name is Cody. I would listen to what Cody was saying, obviously, and then um, then I would just go after, and I would maybe take my iPad and I would listen to another sermon by like verdict. Okay. or I would just listen That's to the so music, dope. or honestly, sometimes I think now I've I've grown into like just sitting in silence. I mm. think there's a lot of power in silence too. You kind of sit in your own thoughts. You are the, you are the, like during that time, I really, really mastered my mind. I really mastered my thoughts. I really kind of got a grasp of how to control what I'm thinking and how to not like negatively sabotage myself just because I'm, you know, Sitting by myself, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, is another another example. I just kind of embraced it a little bit. You know, by myself in this season, there's a reason for it. And so, um then after that, I, I learned, you know, there's more to church than there's going by yourself. So, I put myself out there a little bit, and I was just asking around. Hey, how do I get plugged in? How do I do this? How do I do that? And so, I quit. I after that, I jumped into leading students. And so there That's I, so dope. I started leading students. It was second through fourth grade boys. And so I was every Sunday. Mm. They were the um, first which they we call it a gathering now is a service back home. It's kind of weird. But um, it was the the first service which would have been the nine thirty and then I would go to the 11, 1130 service after that. Uh, and then go to first watch or whatever. <laughs> um, so then you go October all the way through June of 2021. And then I figure out I'm in Puerto Rico and I figure out I want to move, you know, I want to get out and kind of branch out and see what else is out there. And mm-hmm. so it's crazy how God works. This like blows my mind every time. My um, youth pastor, his name's Tyler Hoffling at Hope City Church in Joplin, right? He was he was there, which was, the, that was the church I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I led 2nd through 4th grade boys, he i saw him one day it was right before i moved it was like a week before i moved and you know he's asking me how i was doing all this stuff i was at lunch for work i was i was um i just sat down to eat and i saw him i saw him, i walked over and said what's up to him um you know and then he i told him i was moving to atlanta he's like oh great you got a you got a church like you were gonna start going to it's like well and kinda not yet. Um, I've I've talked to my uncle, which is the one who baptized me. I talked to him. You know, he mentioned like Passion City. Really? So, yeah. So I started looking online. So the he line. already
1: knew they existed. Yeah. So okay. My, my
0: Tyler Hoffley knew that Passion already existed. Here's the crazy thing: <laughs> the best man in Tyler Tyler's wedding was Zach Tenner zach Tinner is the high school minister leader at passion city church no yeah, it's way like crazy it's crazy so i'm pretty sure tyler had text zach and i like was like hey i got this guy you know he's moving down there blah blah whatever and so then i reached out to passion on instagram i dm'd them and i was yeah. like hey i'm moving down there um in a few weeks you know i lead students here in missouri how can i get plugged in and lead students there um, Dude, you were on from the get go. I was, yeah. So I, 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 knew about it, and then I knew I kind of had somebody who knew my name a yeah. little bit, and so I get down there, and I get down there on the ninth, which is I think it was a Friday. Um, wait, no, I think it was a Thursday. Actually, I stopped. I stopped work on a Wednesday. I left the next day. Dang. And um, the twelfth, it was the Sunday, so it was the very first Sunday that I was there. I go to Passion, and they had a five o'clock gathering that night, so I went to that as well, and I had met Zach. And he introduced me to some other guys and through friends and friends and friends and friends. And, and that's how I met the, um, the guy who actually Zach introduced me to that's how I met the people who own that clothing brand of he would love first. Oh, right? cool. So that's how I ended up doing work for them. Cause they, you know, they learned I was an electrician and all that. Um, and then, so yeah, so then I, I, I DM them online and, it happened to be like when you serve at Passion, you got to go through this uh, welcome to church thing. So it kind of introduces you to what Passion is and how they want to be a lot of God and how they want to serve people and all this stuff. And so you got to go to that before you are basically approved to um, serve or be involved in student ministry or anything like that. And so that was actually the following Sunday. And so here I am, you know, I was a week into being in Atlanta and I'm going to church to serve. And I, that following Sunday was a welcome to church Sunday. Mm-hmm. So boom, it just kind of fell in my lap. I didn't have to wait any longer. You know, I was able to get plugged in. So then I go there, uh, I do the welcome to church, everything like that. Then I start leading students shortly after. Um, and it was great. It was honestly really, really great. And through work, when I came here, uh, like I said, my grandpa was here. Um, I asked him if I could come down here and if he could you know, get me a job or get me on which he did he was able to get me on but then after that i kind of had to prove it a little bit mm. so i came down here for commercial work so i was when i was in missouri i was doing really mostly residential so houses and apartments and stuff like that um, but i really wanted to learn like pipe bending how to bend pipe how to run uh, conduit is what it is how to run conduit you know um, the bigger voltages you know the more intimidating stuff kind of <laughs> you get into a lot of different Uh, There's rules and codes you got to follow. But like medical grade, you are in hospitals and bio lab centers. It's crazy. Um, And so, like I said, when I was in Missouri, I kind of... I was the grunt and so i embraced it and so i really wanted to jump out there and and grab onto things and i wanted to learn this fast and then let me do it by myself don't stand over me and watch me let me do it by myself yeah. And yeah. I, if, I, if i got questions i'll ask you but <laughs> i'm very confident and when i watch you i really only have to watch you once or twice Yep. and i'll ask you questions i'm not scared to ask questions i think that too a lot of times people are um, maybe scared to ask, just ask, you know, they're scared because they don't want to
1: be told no or they want, don't want to be good. They don't want to feel dumb either. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing that I've run into a lot,
0: yeah. which I think too is, is like with that, you aren't dumb by asking a question that you don't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. If anything, like if you feel dumb for that, that's, or if they've made you feel dumb, that's their fault. Exactly. That's, that's their fault. Hundred yep. And so, um, you know, and it's in the trade industry, you get knocked down by a lot of these older guys. It's kind of political sometimes yeah. these older guys want to, want to look down at you cause you're young and you don't know everything. But it's like, for me, it was like, dude, like I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to do the best that I can do. And like I said, if I've got questions, I'll ask you, but if I don't ask you questions, let's get on the same page. If I don't ask you questions then I, I have a really good idea of what I'm doing. Yep. And so um, thankfully I was able to watch and learn from some really good guys who knew what they were doing. And for me, it was, it was easy. So I learned the right way and all I had to do was perfect the right way. Right. And so a lot of people, I think when they jump into the trade, they may be taught by somebody who doesn't teach them the right way. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think I got on kind of the fast track, not only doing it in high school, but then also learning from a really good group of guys. Um, and I think sometimes people might jump into it, they might jump into it. And they're not taught right and so mm-hmm. when they get into the actual trade world they've got to go back and they've got to relearn it the right way and then perfect that the right way you know and that
1: probably makes it harder too right because they get so accustomed and so used to doing something one way and mm-hmm. then next thing you know like they yeah. say they switch jobs mm-hmm. or they go to a different company and it's like hey by the way everything that you learned it's wrong it's all wrong <laughs> yeah it's wrong and so like it's it's for me like it's a lot of
0: i go into customers houses all the time yeah. Um, that's my daily job. I go into customers homes. If they got an outlet not working or a switch not working or whatever, I got to figure it out. and Tell them why it's not working. Right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I'm going in behind somebody. Well, every time I'm going in behind somebody. And so I've got to kind of wrap my head around how they did it and why they did it the way that they did it. And a lot of times, dude, a lot of times it's so bad. Like it's like there. I'm like, was this dude even an electrician? Dang. Like this was a plumber who did this, you know? It's Damn. like, and not not literally, but yeah. it kind of it makes you feel like that. But anyway, I go back to, I jumped in really fast. I really wanted to learn and do it by myself. Let me do this by myself. Mm-hmm. And so that was back there in Missouri. when I moved here, um, it was a new industry. So it was still electrical work, but it was commercial and industrial, right? And so I had to learn how to, like I said, run conduit, which was one of the reasons why I moved here. Mm-hmm because I wanted to learn how to do that Um, and then so I jumped into that and I learned really fast and I asked a lot of questions which I think is even more so of a way to put yourself on a fast track for some things you got to jump out there you got to put yourself out there and ask questions because like like I said now here I am I'm 12 hours away from home I'm not just gonna go through the motions Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna waste my time you know I want to I want to excel I want to do great Um, I want to, for my trade, I want to be the best, you know, electrician that is in like our age, our, our, um, our era right
1: It's a great goal to have. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, everybody needs to shoot for greatness or, or shoot for the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. Um, and behind their purpose obviously and for me my purpose was I felt like being in the trade um, it's it's, it's kind of crazy because a lot of times I'll tell a story from when I was back in Missouri mm-hmm. I had actually gone to I had gotten to a point where I was actually working by myself so there was one day they sent me to a house that we were wiring and there was a guy who came in who worked for the the city he worked for the utility company for the city he was actually one of the uh, the sewer guys and so he comes out there and he's like marking lines on the ground to, to tell us where the, the, the lines are or whatnot. Um, and I'm inside of, I'm inside wiring the house, meaning it, it doesn't have any, well, it's, so we use a concept, it's called, dry, it's called dried in. The house has been dried in, which okay. means it's got um, all the siding on it. Well, I guess not all the siding, all the, you know, like when they frame a house, they've got all the plywood and then they've got the paper over the plywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that paper kind of is like a weather resistant paper. So oh. it doesn't allow, it doesn't allow water to get in. Okay. Also being dried in is your roof is, your roof is done and your windows are in, but a lot of times there's no garage door. So being dried in means that there's no way for moisture to get inside other than your garage door. So I was working in a house where it was dried in, right? And I'm wiring it, but I've got my radio and I'm playing worship music, okay? And this guy comes in, he works for the utility company, and he can hear my worship music going. And he, um, you know, at first I thought he was working for the electrical company, Mm. the electrical utility company, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't. He ended up being a plumber, but he comes in, he's like, hey, like, is that your music? And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I listen to it all the time. It's kind of just like what makes me happy. I kind of just go with it. Right. And he's like, dude, that's crazy because I was just at my men's group last night and we were talking about how there's not really like the image of God is not really in the trades.
1: Yep. Anymore. Yep. And
0: I was like, wow, wow. And so here I am in a place playing my worship music for somebody who just talked about it last night or that during then that last night. And then it's just, I don't know. It's just the, the, the concept behind, like, it's just crazy. Um, I had a friend one time, he said that the, um, a coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous, right? My friend, his name is Ash. I'll, I'll quote him on that. His name's Ash. Okay. Um, He said that and dude, like it it makes so much sense. Like that, that, that wasn't just a coincidence, you know, it happened for a reason. And um, for him to come in and say that, I was like, "Dang! Like, there's there's a reason why I, I do this. There's a reason why I play my
1: worship music while I work." There's know? been there's been certain situations where someone is speaking with me and they have no reason to say specific words and specific phrases or sentences that they've said, yeah. um, and it comes out of nowhere. But when it's spoken to me, because let's say something that happened maybe a week ago or a couple of days ago or the day before, one mm-hmm. like how you were saying. Sometimes like a coincidence is, is God way of being anonymous. Yes. Like it, it's so obvious where it's like, oh, okay. Like God is literally speaking through this person in order to, to get a message across. Right, right, right. Um, but anyway,
0: so now I, I come here to Atlanta and <clears> I'm working for this, for this commercial company and it's, you know, it's a almost a nine to five. Sometimes it was five to two thirty, or it was six to three thirty, or a seven to four thirty. And okay. 7 to 4.30 sucked because 4.30 means that there's going to be a lot of traffic in Atlanta. Yeah, you know? So I liked the days where it was 5 to 1.30 uh, or 6 to 2.30 because it was great. You know, I got a 30-minute lunch, whatever. Yeah. Go home. I don't have to hit traffic. Um, so it was great. And then I started traveling with them a lot. Um, my grandpa had actually moved back home in December of 2021. So he was only in Atlanta for about six months, six, seven months. And you just stayed with there. Me. Right. Yeah. So I was like, dang, like. I think that i've been called down here so i'm not going to move back home why would mm. i do that you know I'm, I'm plugged into this church i lead students at this church um i love my job you know i'm good I'm, I'm good where i'm at and so when he left or like right before he left i was traveling for the company i was going around uh georgia all over georgia like every north south east west all over georgia i was going to north and south carolina i was going to florida um, and I was remodeling TJ Maxx's, right? Mm. And so that was a lot of fun because I—I I was obviously it was something cool to be able to say, hey, I remodeled TJ Maxx. Yeah. like that's that's kind of cool. But yeah. um, that kind of sucked. So I was gone for four, three or four or five days out of the week, and then I'd be home on the weekends, right? And so, and when I when I did those, it, we were always locked in overnight because we couldn't do it during store hours. And so for from from ten thirty to. Like nine in the morning, I was locked in the store. So I had to make sure I had all my material, everything, but everything inside the store all my tools, everything, uh, because I wasn't leaving until they, until they unlocked it. And so I did that. Uh, My grandpa left in December. I still kept, I kept traveling, you know, I was doing uh, a bunch of things. And then, like I said, I was home on the weekends. And for me, it it was kind of hard because I like, I'm a people person. I love Mm. people. I love being around people. and I like to learn people's stories. That's why I think, you know, church is a really big deal for, for people who are new to cities is because you, that's the best way to get inside and learn about people, meet people, community. Yeah. Community. And so, and that's great. That's where I was going. Community. I had no community. I had, work all week which was great but i had no community when i got home Mm -hmm. so when i'm home on the weekends what am i doing i go to church on sunday and i sit by myself on saturday which if you know me i hate (laughs) sitting by myself i i hate it i just i just and it's not necessarily sitting by myself i just hate sitting
1: i want to go do something you want to be productive yeah let me let
0: me and i feel like like i can sit for an hour or two yeah once you get to four or five six hours (laughs) like bro like (laughs) I got to be doing something. And I think that's most people who are in the trade. Yeah. Um, but I think it's like maybe a stereotype. So my grandpa, he's actually, he's like 67 now or something like that. And he's, he's still working. He hasn't retired yet because he's got to keep going. I think a lot of people like in the trades, they work till they're done. Like till they're just yeah. can't do it. Can't anything. do it. Physically can't. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think that kind of transpires into my life as far as like, I just can't sit. Like I always want to be doing something or being productive. Um. So... Doing the TJ Maxx's, all that stuff. It was fun. Um, in February last year, I went to Colorado. I actually ran a job out there. I was working with um, a bunch of temp guys. I had a guy that went with me from the company. Um, and then when we got out there, um, there were some temp guys. And then people who worked for the marina, they were like, I'm basically under my supervision, which was mm-hmm. kind of cool, you know, obviously. Um, but it was a marina. So what had happened was in Colorado, obviously the mountains, there was.
1: What, is, what city in Colorado were you in?
0: Pueblo. Okay. If you know anything I know about that is. Pueblo, yeah. Colorado.
1: Yeah. If you know anything about Colorado,
0: Pueblo yeah. is probably the last city <laughs> that you want to be in. Okay. It's very, which, and, and I'll be kind of. Resistant to say this, but it's they're a very like I would say racist town. Okay, it's it's a lot of Hispanic people, Mm. and if you're any any other race but Hispanic, they they don't like you. Okay, Um, and so now here you have me. I'm from the middle of the United States, and you've got my guy who came with me. He's from Barbados, and so it just is like there was so much tension everywhere we went, and it sucked. Yeah. Um, but so I'm down there and we work on the, it was a reservoir that we were working on, which is a, in which a reservoir is dammed at one end. And so you've got this mountain range on one side of it and you got the dam on the other side of it. And so some strong winds that came over the, the mountain range and came over the marina and took the boats and basically the boats were like sails. And so it ripped apart the docks. And so my job was to go down there. I did not have to fix the docks, but I had to pull out all the old wiring, which is two inches thick. And it's, it's really thick rubber and the dock is about a foot off of the water. Mm-hmm. And so now you're pulling two inches of thick wire, a foot, and it's, it's, it's got a foot of clearance and you got to pull it 275, 76 feet down this dock. You got to pull all of it out and then you got to re-pull it all back in when the new dock is in. Mm-hmm. So I went out there for two weeks in February, did like the first phase of it. And then I went out there the entire month of April. Right. And it sucked it sucked because I was there the entire month I had nobody right yeah and so you know here I am it's cool to go out and travel and, and do all this but like I said I had no community I didn't have any. isolated right? bro yeah I was isolated and for me it was like I was number I was eating I was eating great I was cooking my own meals going, that's good it's going to the, I had a uh, membership, of Planet Fitness. Yeah. So I was going to Planet Fitness, which <laughs> is like not really, I guess, the best gym that I want to no, go it's to. All good. But it's, it's a gym. It's a man. gym. Yeah. So I was there. I was there every day, and um, I was eating right and working. You know, kind of my three favorite things to do: of to um, feed my body right. I like to work, and then I like to work out. Right. Mm-hmm. And aside from being having friends, that was it was pretty decent. It wasn't terrible. And now that I look back at it, when I was there in April. That was the heaviest I've ever weighed. Really? Yeah. And it was the most, like, it was the, I guess, most mentally exhausted I've ever been. So for me, it's always been hard for me to gain weight. Like, I've always. Me too. It's nah, so hard. Dude, it's <laughs> metabolism just never stops. It never down. stops. But when I get older, I think I'm gonna appreciate it a little That's bit.
1: That's what more. people say. I'm yeah. like, well, can it can it kind of start happening now? Yeah. Because I'm tired of <laughs> eating everything. <Yeah.
0: laughs> That's funny. Um, but anyway, so when I was when I was growing up in high school, I you know, I maybe hit 175 a few times okay. after high school. I um, I wasn't in sports every single day of my life anymore. So I kinda maybe caught up to me a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. already got up to one one eighty. When I was in Colorado, I got to like 196, Ooh. and it was like I said, I was working out every day, so it wasn't it wasn't bad. It weight. was muscle, yeah, and it was. I mean, it might have been. So I was I was I was taking creatine, which is basically some oh, yeah, water in your body, it. and so I was I felt a little bit like chubby a little bit because <laughs> I had a lot
1: of water in my body, and
0: so then you know then I come back and mm. it's after April, and I was like, dude, I I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to travel, and um, so then I switched companies i i put my two weeks in because they were right as soon as i got back from colorado they were trying to send me out again. and you're like i'm not doing I'm it not doing it bro. yeah i'm not doing it
1: did and you was it hard to find another company
0: no actually so i was looking while i was in colorado let's go <laughs> <laughs> and i uh i had actually had some phone calls while i was there um and so i set up an interview when i got back and what, <laughs> this is terrible to say, but I went to that interview in my company truck that I had for my other company. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they never hear this. Nah, but it's anyway. not good. Um, um, that happened in May. So at the end of May, I got back at the end of April from Colorado uh-huh. with my two weeks in. I went for my interview, all that. Then at the end of May, I started working uh, for this other company or oh, I mm-hmm. went back to residential. Now I'm doing houses. Now I'm kind of, I'm on a customer service
1: side of it. Are you still going to Passion? I do, yeah. Okay. During this time. I've never... Never stopped. Very rarely missed a Sunday at Passion. Unless
0: I was out of town for work or I was traveling, maybe gone back home to Missouri for something or a holiday. Okay. That'd be really the only times that I miss going to church. I I need to be in church. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, But yeah, so then um let's see where was i
1: you were you started with a new company yeah Uh, so
0: okay so i started with a new company i'm on kind of a different side of it you know mm -hmm. i've got residential under my belt i've got industrial commercial under my belt Mm -hmm. now i'm in a company where i've got to go talk to customers every day so now i'm kind of customer service side of it and so Mm -hmm. i learned very fast like i love where i'm at right now in this company that i'm at right now and Mm -hmm. it's because i get to talk to people every single day and i get to learn about people's stories every single day and it's just, it's just super cool, dude. Yeah. Like I, it's another opportunity for me to kind of, I guess, be a light for somebody. Yep. Um, it happened to me early last week. I was, it was like my fourth call of the day and I really didn't want to go to it because I was exhausted and I had worked all day the previous two days and I went to it. And like I said, I didn't really want to go to it because it was my last call and it was already like three mm-hmm. o'clock or three 30, which for me, like I had worked till like six or seven the nights before. And so I was like, dude, like, give me an early day. Yeah. Sometimes I get, I get blessed. I get an early day. Like, uh, it's been a couple of times I get off at like 1230. I'll run two or three calls and be done at 1230. Uh, and it's just kind of how the days go. So it was like three o'clock at this time. I'm on my my fourth call of the day and I didn't want to go to it. And I get there and it was probably one of the best calls that I've ever had. It was, uh, an older lady. She was single. Her husband had passed away. Mm -hmm. She lived by herself. Really cute house. Um, and it was just the conversations that I had with her. Like it, it just is it's crazy. She was from New Jersey. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one story. Okay. I went into, I went into this customer's house one time mm-hmm. um, and she had a light bulb that had blown up. It was like a, it was a, one of the gas halogen light bulbs. And if they get really, really, really hot, they'll blow up. And so. Don't get halogen light bulbs. Get, get LEDs. But anyway, <laughs> okay. So she had a halogen light bulb. It blew up, right? Thankfully, she had a globe on her light, so the globe didn't the the, the light didn't go anywhere. Got the it. Globe kept it all in there. Okay. Um, and I get to talking to her. You know, I'm there for a light fixture. Yep. And I get to talking to her and ask her where she's from. She's got an accent, so I know she's not from the south. She's from the north. Um, they're kind of that, that like, yeah, that Bronx, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I asked her. I was like, I was like, where are you from? And she was like, Well, I'm not from the South. I was like, Well, I can tell. Yeah, and she said, I'm from New Jersey. Okay, she she was really from New Jersey, and well, she yeah, she said she grew up in New Jersey. Um, she said she was from Poland. She was from Poland. She moved to New Jersey. She got forced out of Poland during the World War Two. What? Right. And so um, she got forced out by her parents. Uh, actually, her parents died um, in World War Two, and all of her family died. She was the only one who had lived, right? So here she is. She comes to America. She lives in New Jersey. I think she was like 13, 12 or 13, she said at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was crazy, the story that she told me. Um, she... I asked her if she had kids whatnot. She's like, yeah, I've got like two or three daughters, whatever. I have two sets of twins for my daughter. My daughter had two sets of twins and my son had another set of twins. Mm -hmm. And she said, I have never had twins in my family. My, My husband didn't have twins in his family. My parents didn't have twins in their family. She said, I think that that was God's way of creating my family back over again. So Bro. all of that, like the World War what? II, yeah, dude, everything that had happened, oh. like you you coincidentally had three sets of twins yeah. as your grandchildren. yeah. What? Like that's, it's crazy. It's
1: not even a writer and or anything. That's crazy.
0: So, but the thing about that is, is I love where I'm at mm. because any other, I guess, electrician could have went in there, mm-hmm. fixed her light bulb and left, but mm-hmm. never known any of that. Right. And so I always take every opportunity to ask somebody, you know, where are you from? What did you, uh, you know, what's your wife do? What does your husband do? Uh, you got kids, all of that. I'm always asking questions cause I want to be really personable. Uh, because I think that being personable and a lot of times being personable, I think it ends up in vulnerability. So mm. me being personable with a customer, a lot of times they'll be really vulnerable with me and they'll yeah. tell me really crazy things that I'm like, wow, I didn't, expect to hear anything like that yeah. uh i had a <laughs> i had a customer tell me yesterday she was going through divorce mm. and it she almost started crying and she just started we, like we talked for like 30 minutes dang. after after i was done working we talked for like 30 minutes and i was like dang like
1: i don't know it's just a reason for everything and it's just yeah good listening to you talk um so I feel like everybody has a purpose and everybody has a calling and it's up to us in order to, to figure out what that calling is. And, and you said you feel like you are like supposed to be an electrician. Like this is what you're supposed to do. And listening to you talk, bro, like the fact that you were, you were working on a house and then somebody just happens to hear that music and was like, Hey, like I can really resonate with this. Like I connected with this. The fact that you are so personable, and no one else is really in in what you do. Yeah, that you hear these stories with these different people, and and I honestly think that like it seriously is your purpose because mm-hmm. you are doing these things that no one else is doing in yeah. your business. Yeah, 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 yeah. I
0: get. Um, it's crazy because I'm not. I grew up. I grew up with like my only my mother. Mm-hmm. So I only had her love, mm-hmm. right? And um, it's made me in it's made me emotional. Like I'm an emotional male. I'm not mm-hmm. just some heartless male. Yep. Um, who doesn't really care about feelings. He yep. doesn't care about the way you think You mm-hmm. know, I care about the way you think. Why? Because my mother taught me to care about the way that you think. Right. So yeah. I was always one, like probably comforting her or being there, um, to listen to her talk or whatever, you know, anything that she was going through because she was all that she was all I had. And I was all that she had, you know, I'm the oldest out of, out of three boys. And so, um, I think that matured me really fast, but also, like I said, learning now, it's made me emotional. And it was a couple of weeks ago, I was in somebody's, I was literally in somebody's attic, right? Mm. And I was playing, my worship music was playing in my back pocket. Yep. up there in an attic, which is a really nice attic. It, I was standing up in there, it was great. It had plywood all over the ceiling. So right. I, I, I didn't have to walk on studs anywhere worry about falling <laughs> through the ceiling. So I was walking and I was doing my work, all that. And my worship was playing, my worship music is playing, and I just started like reflecting. And mm. I started thinking about like, Um, just everything that I've been through work is work has never left me. Work has always been there for me, you know, out of everything that I've been through my purpose and what I feel called to do, it has never, has never not been there, you know? And so, you know, then I get reflecting about maybe some, some things that have gone on in in my childhood or, um, things that have happened to my mother or just ways that she was treated maybe. And, and things that I'm currently going through right now. And, and it was, it was great. Um, to be able to like, I guess, be emotional and reflect on all of that. But um, I started crying. I was in somebody's attic and I just started, dude. I just started crying. So not, I was. I don't really cry that much. Mm. Um, I'm not like a big crier, Mm -hmm. but I am emotional. I guess so. Like, I, I care deeply about certain things and. I think listening to my worship music kind of yep. postured that a little higher. Yep. Um, and so I was in this attic and I just started like crying, dude. And I ended up, I, I got, I went through it. I got the job done. Um, I, I signed, I had her sign all the paperwork, whatever, paid mm. for it. And then I left when I got in the car, when I got in the van uh, to go back to the office, it's like a 40 minute drive. I just mm. started bawling, dude, like just bawling. It was one of the hardest days of work I've, I've honestly ever had uh, just because it was, there was a lot going on emotionally. Okay. And, um, so not the job itself, but just what was going on within just, you. Yeah, just, okay. yeah, just life. And mm-hmm. uh, not like life is hard, but like seeing what I've been brought through, you know, where I came from, how I am here now, um, which obviously everybody still got along. I have a very far way to go. I'm mm-hmm. not perfect. I obviously still mess up everything. Um, but that day was hard. That day was pretty hard. And it's crazy. God showed up. And that next, the next week, the following week was on like a, a Tuesday or Thursday one of my coworkers pulled up a review that had been left online for me. It, uh, the lady had left it for me on Monday. I was at her house on Friday. She left it on Monday. I got showed this to me to by my employee, one of my other employees. Yeah. And dude, it was the best. It was the oh. best review I had had it in my. Let me read it to you. It's crazy. I'm, I'm done. Let's let do me, it. So it was, it was, let me see here. Let me pull it up real quick. It said, Braden was the best electrical contractor. I, well, no, she said, Braden was the best contractor I've ever used, and this includes forty years of working with different types of contractors. His work is efficient. He's very detailed, and what is needed to complete the job, and explains everything every step of the way with his professionalism, uh, and explains it to where you completely understand the procedures. I will never use anyone else but Brady for my electrical needs. I've already recommended him to three of my family members.
1: Let's freaking go, dude. So here
0: I am breaking down in her attic. Yep. Little do I know God's working behind the scenes. Yes, sir. You feel me? So, dude, it's Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Just coincidence, you know? Yes. But then I take that all the way back to when I was 17 years old, a grunt in an attic. And trying to make the best out of what I was, I guess, being put through learning everything that fast, that young mm-hmm. and being treated as the grunt. Yeah. So, yep. I don't know. It was just a lot. It was just a lot. And God showed up, like I said,
1: but it's so cool, dude. Um, gosh. <sighs> so once again, it it's just crazy because dude, I, I think going back to the whole calling thing, I think so many people go through their entire life and they're like, I don't know what my calling is. Like, I don't know how to figure it out. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, how am I supposed to serve you? Um, what, what do you think is the best way to figure that out? Um, honestly, dude,
0: that's, that's a, I think that's a hard, a hard question because each of us have a different calling. Mm. Um, and I guess for me, I, I was blessed enough to figure it out really young. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are now maybe 20, like, Mm -hmm. like I am now Mm -hmm. or they're 30 or 40 and still maybe don't understand their calling. Um, but I honestly don't think that that's the right way to look at look at it. That's not the right perspective to have. Okay. It's just to what is my calling? What do I have to do? Mm-hmm. I think the best way is just to seek God.
1: Yes. That's it. Yes. And
0: and eventually it'll
1: come. Things just start coming to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, and and I use the example of you know I went. I went to, I it. I don't want to talk about me this entire time, but. No, so, I mean, this is what this is for. No, you're good. <laughs> so I went to this new company, yeah. you know, not really kind of, kind of nervous a little bit, um, you know, customers every single day. You know, I love people, but I've never worked in this kind of industry before where I have to go talk to them every day of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of just, I kind of just went yeah. for it and I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to grow into loving it as much as I did, mm-hmm. um, but I trusted where I was and all I did was kind of, I, I, I kind of, I seeked, I seeked. That was it. I, I guess suck. I suck for God. I, <laughs> seek for God. I don't know if that was, um, but anyway, so I just, I just kind of dove into it and I, and I trusted that it was going to work out. And I guess now here I am is, um, but yeah, I think that's what I would probably say is it's not really, don't stress about, um, don't stress about figuring out what your, um, purpose is. Yeah. But I think that through God, you'll figure it out. He'll show up eventually. Yeah. He's, he always does.
1: Starts with, Prayer and and I think just changing your mindset. So it's so easy. And honestly, I think the enemy wants you to to be obsessed with these worldly things mm-hmm. and, and to just take your time up with with doing things that that will not bring you closer to God. Yeah. Um, start praying. Mm-hmm. Start changing changing your habits. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of watching Netflix for five hours a day, let's put on a sermon. Yeah, let's see yeah. how that works. Yeah. Um. Uh, the Bible scripture, like reading a scripture has done so much for me. If you don't know where to start, I say start with the gospel. Um I had Will on Will Aldridge and he said start with James. I just read the first chapter of James and that is dope. Yeah. James chapter one is dope. It talks yeah. about faith, talks about endurance. It's it's awesome. I think, um I think that um you know for me personally. Yeah. Listening to a bunch of sermons is
0: it's fantastic. Obviously, you listen to a sermon every Sunday, but I think it's hard to understand the full stories of the the Bible just through a forty-minute sermon. And so, I think that reading, like you have to dive into it. Mm -hmm. And so, like um, you know, reading reading certain books of the chapter, like you're going to remember what goes on in the power during that. Whenever you take time and you read it yourself, you read through the entire chapter or the entire book, rather than just having little small glimpses of it. Uh, throughout a sermon, which obviously that's the job of a preacher is to teach you. Um, But I think it it resonates more whenever you sit down, you fully read an entire chapter or an entire book because you fully, you get the grasp of, what the context is during that time.
1: And I would say even maybe do both at the same time. So mm-hmm. someone brings something up to you, it's like, "Oh, okay, like they're talking about this right now. Let me go into the Bible. Right. Let me read the entire story. Yeah, Let yeah, me yeah. figure out exactly what was happening." And mm-hmm. then you're like, "Oh, now it makes even more sense of what mm-hmm. they were telling me before." Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like I said, understanding the story. You can understand the context. I think a lot of times maybe people take the stories of the Bible out of context and they try to try to compare it to where we are now mm. and the reality of it is we're not the stories in the Bible happened at a certain period of time when different things were going on in the world when fashion wasn't a big thing when you know you didn't have seventy five thousand different kinds of sneakers you mm-hmm. know you didn't care about what other people thought Um, you know it just it's different times different eras and so you I think a lot of times with perspective too to kind of understand the Bible a little more is just understanding where they were then how things were then, you know, like the Mona Lisa, I'll use that for example. Okay. Mona Lisa, you know why that's a famous painting? Why? It was, it was, it was painted in such a way that females were, I guess, made attractive then pale skin, tall forehead, bigger chests, blouses. Um, yeah, I mean that's and now you see the way that kind of history has made it. It's different now, completely obviously. different. It's, it's probably less clothes. Yeah, um, you know, not skinny, fair skin, tan sure. skin, whatever, blue eyes, whatever. Um, and it's just things are different, and so not a lot of people know that. that I did not know that's that. At the all. reason why the Mona Lisa is so sought after is because it was an image of how I guess I guess women were perceived then. What what
1: was attractive then? versus now dang um interesting Mm -hmm. so going then let's talk about that so the bible was made thousands of years ago but honestly i feel like when i read these different stories actually i kind of see where where we're going to because these stories in the bible yes they were thousands of years ago i still feel like they they reflect and they correlate sometimes with things that go on today Mm -hmm. um and Honestly, it kind of shocks me that when I read something, it pertains to like things that are important to me right now like when I when I when I read specific things, I just feel like it just goes hand in hand with a specific situation that is mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um and um I I like to say for whatever reason like the Bible is I feel like is like the best self-help book you could possibly have yeah. because honestly, a lot of books it kind of correlates with scripture anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I think, um, I think a lot of things inside that still definitely pertains to things that happen right now though.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, you ever heard about the, the woman at the well, you've heard that story where Jesus, are you kidding me? Jesus comes up. And so here's, a. I
1: just had a conversation with someone about this last time. Really? Yes. Really? Dead serious, but keep going. So
0: here's the thing. And I I I I don't know if they mentioned this or not, but like I said earlier, I'm big on perspective. Yeah. So. You you have Jesus. He's he's traveling all day. It Says he stops at noon at the yep, well. Yep. Uh, the woman who's at the well, right? She's a Samaritan, Samaritan woman. Right? She is a
1: Samaritan. Yep. Right. I know what that is. Yep. So a Samaritan woman during that time, <laughs> meaning, meaning half gentile, half Jew, right? Right. Okay. Right.
0: So you have a Samaritan woman, which during that time they weren't allowed to talk to each other. Nope. You have, so you have this big this big conflict where, and she
1: was a woman, correct?
0: Right. So you yep. have all these people yep. of, the t- of her town yep. who are looking like, oh, you're talking to him. But then you have, that's one perspective, yep. right? Then you have another perspective, you have Jesus. Jesus doesn't care that she's a Samaritan woman no. and knows everything about her, right? You see what I'm saying? So there's two perspectives of that. And I think that just life in general, I just think that um, your perspective is gonna take you the longest way. So I think that um, as far as scripture making sense to you in your own uh, life or, or like what, what you could read could be yeah. different for me okay because of what you're going through you have a different perspective right you're going through something completely different Mm. than i am and so i just i don't know there's there is a lot of power in scripture obviously because it shows the power of of god obviously of what he can do Mm -hmm. um it just gives you that much more confidence but i think there's even more there's even more power in hearing somebody's testimony there's yes there's there's more power hearing somebody's perspective
1: and i think that's why this is so powerful too okay so scripture I actually like where you're going now too because scripture once again was thousands of years ago and when it comes to like seeing as believing or or second-guessing things I, I think that's a common thing that a lot of people do is like all right well this book was made thousands of years ago like is it real um um are am I being told to to believe in something just because like it's easier to believe in something or or is there is there truth to this and when we have this book that was made a long time ago sometimes it's easy to second guess um i mean i forget what i did yesterday Mm -hmm. and i'm i second guess hey did i actually do that yesterday or did i not i can't even remember when you hear people's testimonies and when you hear people's stories and this is present day this is modern there's this is real and this just happened Mm -hmm. there's so much power in that because it's like there's proof Mm -hmm. like i'm telling you right now this just happened yeah. Or I'm telling you right now that, that this happened the other day or, or this story happened and, um, it maybe it was a coincidence, a coincidence, but when you have like five different coincidences happen all at one time, it's impossible to just say it's a coincidence anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I mean, an example of this. So you were talking about this before, um, you got really emotional one day and you were just crying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy too, because I never cry, but the only time I cry is when it involves God. Yeah. It always involves God one yeah, way or it's another. the same way for me, bro. Yeah. It's the same way for me. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's just
0: reflection. It's just seeing what he's done, where yes. he's brought you through, where he's been. It's, it's that's that's the testimony. That's why I love talking to people, why I love hearing things that they've been through. Um, because I can kind of, for me, uh, I think it's important for me because I am a people person. I do mm. talk to a lot of people. And so I think in correlation with that, a lot of people ask me questions. Yep. They'll ask me for advice. And so for me, uh, I have to personally equipped myself with maybe the knowledge or, and I I guess it's not really like, I guess it's just, it's knowledge of other people and other stories I've heard. Mm -hmm. So not only reading, obviously understanding the the power of God through the, through testimonies of the Bible and and scripture and all that. um, But also everybody's story who I've already heard, who I have intentional conversation with to learn about why they act this way, why they do this thing. Um, So then when I come up to somebody new and they ask me a question, I can take what I've already learned about somebody and I can kind of let it resonate with them a little bit. And so I think that, I mean that, that in and of itself, I'm a people person. I think that is another purpose that I have is just being, it's, 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 it's loving people.
1: The right? fact that you are so extroverted and in you're <laughs> able to have these conversations with different people yeah. and not being afraid to, cause here's the thing for me, like uh, we were talking about this earlier. So I moved to Atlanta in February. Mm-hmm. I went to, I go to the gym and four Probably the first seven, eight months, mm-hmm. I didn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would literally, <laughs> I would work, <laughs> I would go to the gym, and I'd go back and I'd work and I'd do my own thing. Yeah. And and the Bible says like community is everything. Like the Bible yeah. embraces community. It's the body of believers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. And and I, d- honestly, I definitely I don't remember where I was going with this, but one thing is when I was by myself and when I was isolated, I was not good. Mm-hmm. I, I was definitely immensely drained and and I was just not in a good place. And when I start meeting people, mm-hmm. when I, when I start um, talking to, to believers, when I start talking to Christians, oh my gosh, like my perspective on everything just completely changed. My mindset changed um, my attitude changed mm-hmm. and, and you just grow this, this complete, like, I feel like everything about you changes when you're, when you're in like a good place, you know what I'm saying? It's your perspective. Yes, bro. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of power. There's so much power
0: in just, um, understanding, you know, I think that maybe there's a lot of confusion and understanding. And when I say understanding, I mean like just understanding people, understanding Mm -hmm. you. Um, I think there's a lot of power in understanding you. And Mm -hmm. I think that as far as figuring out your, maybe your purpose, we can dive back into that if you want. Um, as far as, figuring out your purpose, first figure out you. Mm. Figure out yourself. What you're good at, what you lack at, and maybe what you can work on. Um and then figure out how you can be the image of God through that. Yes. And so if you suck at being a people person, how can you be an image of God through that? Maybe yep. let that motivate you. Yeah. You know if I'm like, "Oh, dude, I'm so scared to go talk to this girl," or I'm so scared to go talk to this guy. <laughs> dude, Just be the image one way to do it. Yeah. So it's your perspective on it. So you can either go at it as, oh my gosh, I really like this guy. He's super attractive. Um, but I'm scared to talk to him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Change your perspective. This is, this is a brother or sister of Christ. Yep. I can talk to them about anything that I want.
1: I was just listening to a sermon yesterday. Um, it was Christian Huff and uh, JP JP. Uh, JP, I forgot his last name. Uh, Jonathan John Pakluda. Yeah, Pecluda. Um, <laughs> So they were they were talking, and and literally, you said they're a person of Christ. Like they said, go up to somebody at church, and ask him for coffee. Mm-hmm. Literally, ask him for coffee. Mm-hmm. And um, we, I don't think you could ever go wrong sitting down and having a conversation with somebody about God.
0: Mm-mm. No, and this is where where two more people meet. And you talk about the the name of Jesus Christ. Um, I don't, there's so much community out there that Mm -hmm. people don't really understand. And I think that, I don't know, I guess for you and for me as well, and I guess anybody who is new to a city or or anything like that, or if you're just like, I have friends who who go, um, ironically enough, Jake, who was on this podcast, goes to Arkansas. I have so many friends who go to Arkansas. Really? I grew up an hour from that place. <laughs> That's crazy. So I could like I would literally go I would go down there visit friends whatever. Um, but I even have like some of them they'll ask me like how do you get involved? Mm. The first thing you do is find a church. Yeah, get a community. Find find Jesus people because those are I think through Jesus there's a lot of people who are it it makes you more vulnerable. Mm. Like if I didn't know Jesus I probably wouldn't be vulnerable enough to maybe tell my story, ask you how you're doing. Because why also, do you think that happens? As far as what?
1: Uh you said you wouldn't be as vulnerable if you didn't know Jesus. I just think
0: that well, not only do I want to know the power, mm. I want to know more about what he's done in other people's life, but I think that through Jesus you are you're able to accept your story more. You're able to accept things that have happened to you more. And so therefore makes you more vulnerable to talk about it. It makes you embrace it. It changes your perspective on it. You're I no, love that you're no longer a victim there's a reason for it. And I, and, and God's not going to bring you through a battle that you, he knows you can't make it. through. Mm -hmm. So being in a tough story or being brought up from a rough home or maybe a great home, there's a reason
1: for that. And so, yeah, I mean, no, I love that. Don't cause this is something that I've struggled with and I'm, I'm definitely trying to, to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. So my past or whatever things that happened in the past that maybe, maybe I'm I'm not like I'm ashamed of, or, or I, I regret or um, just hard times that happened to me. And I, maybe I don't want to tell people this because then it makes me feel like mm-hmm. Oh, it makes me feel weak. It shows vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Definitely something that I've been changing lately. Sure. And I didn't, I, I feel like I'm not even, I wasn't even trying to do it. Mm-hmm. I just kind of started doing it. It's like, you know what? I'm not afraid anymore of saying these things. Mm-hmm. And if someone accepts me for it, then, awesome. And if they don't, then maybe it's not someone I should be talking to anyway in the beginning. Do you think that there might've been a little bit of like comparison in that? Maybe you were scared because you were comparing.
0: Yeah. And so you're like, dang, I've been through this Yep, and they haven't been through that. So what would they think?
1: But then I'm also assuming, and I'm assuming that this person is perfect or these people are perfect and they just never went through anything like Mm -hmm. that before in their entire life. When in reality, once again, going back to the whole, conversation aspect where like you just start talking to people. Dude. And uh, then next thing you know, someone's crying okay, in front of so you. So here's the thing, here's the thing about I guess the silence that
0: you were having. Okay. okay? So if you if you and this is with anybody. So mm. this is just like tension in general. If you have unspoken tension, right? If you're like and it could be tension with anything. It could mm-hmm. be tension with your girlfriend or husband or whatever. It could be tension with your best friend or just somebody you know at the gym. Right. You're not comfortable enough to talk to them, right? So if you have unspoken tension it's mm-hmm. gonna lead to unnecessary um,
1: what is it worry anxiety what
0: worry anxiety unnecessary um, resentment so, oh. unnecessary. so if you have unspoken tension it's gonna it's going to lead you to unnecessary resentment and so what that's gonna allow is not only are you gonna look dumb yeah because you haven't spoken up about it but you're never gonna know and so there's a lot of resentment there who where you are number one, not speaking about it. And so you go up and, you, and you're scared to talk about these things. You're scared to be vulnerable. You're scared to talk to these Jesus people who would never judge you in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Because you haven't spoken about it. There's, yep. there's resentment there. And and re, not resentment as like, I'm going to shun you, but just resentment of the conversation
1: in general. You feel me? Yeah. So. Absolutely. I, uh, <sighs> talking to you right now, it's just changing everything. It's like, oh, no, you should open up. You should do these specific mm-hmm. things because at the end of the day, it's probably going to, how many times, I mean, you're, you've are you already explained several times this has happened to you, where it's like, just you being yourself and just you opening conversation with someone just leads to so many amazing things that would have never happened if all you did was yeah. pass by. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think too, is like me, just me being myself. Yeah. Somebody doesn't like that. That's not my fault. Exactly. That is how I was created. Mm. And now I'll walk humbly and I'll walk with purpose and I will... Uh, you know, I, I try to be the image of God the best that I can, you know, mm. I want to love people and I don't ever want to boast or be, do, be too prideful or, 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 whatever. Um, but I just think that I don't even know where I was going with that to be honest.
1: Well, my, uh, the question I was going to ask you was, was that always the case? Were you always just so comfortable with who you are and, and what you believed in? And, and that was just how you always represented yourself.
0: Honestly, I think I've always been a people person. Mm. I've always wanted to talk to people.
1: Yeah, but I think that growing into
0: my purpose has allowed me to embrace it more. Again, embracing perspective. You know, there's a is a lot more than just having a conversation with somebody. There's more to it than just, "Hey, how you doing? How's your day?" Um, having being, a
1: purpose with every conversation.
0: Being, yeah, being intentional. Like, don't yes. tell me, don't tell me, good. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me, oh,
1: my day's good. What's going on?
0: You know, tell me how,
1: tell me what's really happening. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think that too. Sometimes people like, and this isn't in all cases, but yeah. I think that sometimes when people ask you how you are, that low key they want you to ask you how they are. Really? Yeah. I I, I truly believe that, and I I think that I guess in I not all cases, but like I, for me in general, like it's not really the case with me, just because I love people, mm-hmm. but I've ran into cases sometimes where somebody will ask you how you are and. A lot of times for people who are always pouring into somebody, they're going to ask you how you are, but nobody's asking how they are. And so they're just sitting. Dang.
1: They're just in darkness. They they don't have their cup to be filled. Dude, you're changing my perspective on so many things just, right now. Yeah, yeah. It's like making me like I'm listening to you right now. It's like <laughs> I should definitely start doing these things. Dude, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's just because <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to go ask, ask somebody how they're
0: doing and and mm-hmm. they're going to say, hey, no, I can't talk to you. Okay, Next. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Humbly, lovely though, right? Yeah. Like, and you maybe maybe you see him. I mean, at the gym, especially maybe you see him again another day. Yeah. Hey, how you doing today? Yeah. And okay, if they don't, if they're like,
1: hey, I can't talk to you right now, or, or they they ignore you because they got their music playing, try again. One of my friends at the gym. Uh, the reason, honestly, the reason that I got multiple friends at the gym was because I saw him benching mm. and he was benching heavy and he was on his last rep and I'm like, I don't know if this dude's going to be able to get it. So I ran next to him and like, he was struggling and I like helped him out up at the end mm. and because I had his back and because like, I just did that and I didn't need to like, that's what started friendship with him. Mm. It led to a friendship with like five other people at the gym, I which think, is crazy too maybe even power behind that. And that's something really small
0: mm-hmm. and that sometimes that's all it needs to be is something small. Mm-hmm. But well, where do you think he might have took that it's a chain reaction yeah as far as helping somebody with mm. the bench. you helped him get up a bench. you yeah. helped him get the bench up right? yeah that was it yeah what if so and that's and i that struck up conversation with you said you and five other people you met five other people five
1: five or six other yeah. people just and, because of that and
0: you're getting a friendship from him exactly now now he sees you and he see he sees that you helped him for no reason mm-hmm. Well, I can go do that. I love that, too. So then he's going to go help somebody. Yep. It's a chain reaction. So I think a lot of times, too, you you might have to have your perspective be, well, what if if I do this, how is it going to correlate with other people other than just me? Because I think also, too, and this might be a thing for purpose, is your purpose isn't always about you. Yes. It's not always about you. No. It's not about... I want to make this much money. It's not about, I want to achieve this certain goal or, or be with this person. It's not always about you. Mm -mm. What you did for him, helping Mm -mm. his bench, helping him with the bar up, dude, like that could have made his day. Yeah. And it wasn't about you. It was selfless of you to do that. You know, you were, you were just being the image and that's all it was, was
1: helping a bar up. And I think that's a good point. Um, so many times we tried to make everything about ourselves when in reality, it really never should be about us at all. Um, I have been become a firm believer in like let God do what he needs to do and just serve him in, in the way that he wants you to do it. And once again, sometimes it's hard to figure out what it is exactly that he wants us to do, but at the end like we should strive to figure out and just to serve God in, in any way that we possibly can. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that goes back to like, you know, maybe being alone or mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out your purpose, sinful ways, you know, it's not Okay, how do I not be alone? Mm-hmm. It's not. Okay, how do I get out of these sinful ways? How do I avoid it? It's not um, you know, how do I how do I achieve this much money? Mm-hmm. Just seek God. Yeah. Just seek. That's all you have to do. Just seek and it's going to be provided. You know, through through it you're going to get friends. You're going to
1: see the fruit that it provides. Right?
0: Yeah, the fruit and it's just love just love people that's
1: it it's not that hard to just be nice and love people was there ever a time where you it seems like honestly you've been very very firm in your beliefs and nothing has really happened that made you question anything was there ever a time that you kind of were tested oh my gosh yeah Let's all, talk about all it. of high school dude yeah all of high school want to talk about
0: it yeah i mean i'll, I'll be vulnerable okay I'm, I'm not prideful by any means mm-hmm. but i mean I'm 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 proud of circumstances i'm 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 glad that God used me mm. um you know when i was in when I was in high school, dude high school was the hardest time for me really it sucked, yeah, I, even before senior year it yeah, like freshman. so I, just growing up, so like my i don't know I kind of refrain from saying this, but I'll say for the podcast's sake, you don't need to well it's it's okay it's okay, okay. <laughs> i um growing up, i didn't really i didn't have a lot of money my my parents never had a lot of money, mm. you know i was for me personally i was i felt very mentally unstable, emotionally unstable. Um, I might have been talked down to verbally. I might have been, um, you know, here and there, maybe physically harmed, um, which love my parents, or I guess my mother, because like I said, that's all I really have yep. as my mother. But um, it just, it sucked. And it, again, it grew to a point where, you know, being in junior high, seventh, eighth grade, freshman, sophomore year, mm-hmm. you know, I hated being home because at home was where I just felt, I just felt stuck. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. If I hung out with a friend one night a week or two nights a week, well, not the third night, forget about it. Or if I go to a basketball game to just hang out with my friends, I can't go to another one that week. Forget about it. You know? And it's, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it kind of sucked. It did suck really bad. I, um, I grew up watching my brother's dad. He, um, would emotionally abuse my mother verbally abuse. Um, and it just, dude, like I, even now, like I'll get memories that pop up on my phone and it's like me sitting in my room in the dark and it's a video and the videos of them like screaming at each other. Yeah. And it would be like two in the morning or three in the morning. And it's like, sometimes when those pop up, dude, like it, it makes me reflect. I'm sitting there like, dang bro. Like I'm so glad I'm out of that. Mm. I'm so grateful I got brought through it Mm. and I understand now why. And, um, Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of times where I I doubted, definitely. I didn't understand. Um, You know, when I was in high school as well, I think that um, my mom and I's relationship really hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was really my junior year. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was my junior year. So my my brother's dad, he got into drugs. And so my mom, thankfully, stood up for herself um, for the second time. Not the first time, the second time it Mm -hmm. happened. And we left, right? And so it was during that time... You know, I didn't, I hated being home. Um, I was just really trying to fill my time as much as I could. Mm-hmm. I'd be outside on the street playing basketball because we had a little, you know, $100 basketball goal that we got for Christmas or whatever. Um, and I would just, I was just finding anything that I could do to fill my time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it comes junior, senior year and that happens. And we, we leave, you know, my brother's dad, which me and my brother have two different dads. I don't know if I, I, I didn't clarify that, but we have two different dads. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up with my father. Yep. So he his dad entered my life when I was um in kindergarten. So I was like 6 or 7 years old. And so uh grew up with him 13 years. I had, man, I never he just basically was there. He was a, he filled it. He filled the role. Okay. He didn't he didn't act. I never learned anything from him. Okay. Um I still like I don't know how to shave my face with a razor. I shave my face with an electric razor cuz I don't know how to use shaving cream or and and it, and it may not seem that hard and especially maybe for people who who do it every single day mm-hmm. i don't know how yep. i've never done it i was never taught and you know i think i see it now too like i reflect on like i'm emotional because i didn't have that father figure you know i had my mom mm-hmm. and i don't know how to stick up for myself as a man i don't know how to uh you know just a lot of things that i think men should be able to do and mm-hmm. men should be able to teach their their kids and so mm-hmm. for me it's inspired me like i i aspire to I'm going to be the best dad, dude. I'm going to, I cannot wait. Well, me too. I, 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 can, I can't wait. I can, I can, I can, I can wait. wait. I can wait. Uh, <laughs> I can wait, but I can wait. You're like, a little younger. <laughs> yeah. I'm re- like, I, I, but I'm excited for that yeah. day. I, I truly believe that would be the best day of my life is when I come become a father because I just think that there, there is a lot of, um, I don't hold grudges, you know, mm. I'm not, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. What it it's whatever happened is it's already happened, mm-hmm. but, um, it definitely sucked, you know, and I still, it's, hit, it hits me more now than I, than it did then.
1: I think... You, you already mentioned this before. I think that God knows or God knew Mm -hmm. what you could go through Mm -hmm. and become who you, who you are. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to something yesterday where it was talking about God puts people in tough situations, but he's, he's molding them and, and he's, and he's bringing, and he's making them into something that he wants them to be the creation of him that he has for them, his plan that he has for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and listening to you and, and everything you went through, like you could have done one of two things. You could have just been like, "This happened to me," and because of it, like I'm I'm not I'm going to do what was happening to me, but like I'm I'm going to give up and and I'm I could have been gonna,
0: a, I could have been another statistic. Exactly, I really should honestly be in jail if I followed footsteps. Mm-hmm. I I should be maybe dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have been a victim. You know, I could have, I could have proven my life a victim. Exactly, and, and just be like, oh well, these happened to me, so I'm going to give up.
1: But um, you didn't, you. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, listening to you, dude, and, and everything you've gone through, um, you completely like. I just feel like you are definitely serving what you need to do, and and you, these things happen to you, but you chose to to go differently. And, make, and yeah, make it yeah. make the best out of it. Honestly, exactly, I, I had to change my perspective because
0: because here's what you do: is you can either play victim and mm-hmm. fall into the same tracks, yes, or you can embrace it, like I've said before, and you can. Okay, well, this has happened to me. That's all right. Let's change it. Let's change the narrative a little bit. You know, I, I have, um, a lot of aunts and uncles. I have like nine, mm-hmm. two of them are in successful marriages. Two of them are still together with their husband or wife, and they both have kids together. Only two of them out of nine. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, man, I mean, that's just, that's crazy. And, um, you know, I can either sit here and I can follow the footsteps or I can change the narrative. And for me, I wanna change the narrative. I wanna embrace what I got brought through. Yeah, it sucked, but here I am now. I'm, I'm nowhere near home anymore. I've gotta make a life for myself. You know, I don't really feel like going back home either. Like, yeah. I, I'm really good where I'm at, but I have to embrace it. Otherwise, I'm gonna live a miserable life. And I don't wanna do that. I already did that. You wanna going, keep on
1: trying to keep on going?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and too, like, I'll jump back into a, a little bit um, of what I went through in high school. Is sure. Junior year. Um, my mom and my brother's dad, they got divorced. Right. And like I said, that was probably the lowest point of my mom and I's like relationship. Mm. And so I had actually ended up being what you could say. Ho- I was homeless for nine months of high school and it wasn't, I guess it wasn't by circumstance. I mean, it was kind of by circumstance, but it, was, but it was, it was by choice as well. Mm. I couldn't be in the environment. I couldn't be around my mom at You're the time. you just done with it. Dude, I was 16 and, and I was like, I cannot like my life is going to go nowhere if I continue to, to battle this. Yep. And so thankfully my best friend, I you know I, and I had slept, I don't, I haven't really told anybody this, but I had for a couple nights, I had slept in my car and, and which I guess it's not like that crazy. It could have been a lot worse. could have been on the streets, but like I had slept in my car so serious. And I eventually went to my, uh, my best friend, you know, I didn't wait too long. I wasn't like going to just mm-hmm. sit and pity myself. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, I was like, Hey, like, let me, let me just stay here for like just a little bit. So I lived with him. Me and him slept in the same bed for nine months. Dang. Obviously she had the same bathroom. My closet was his hall closet. It was like a two foot by three foot hall closet. I had my shirts, all my shirts. I had my, my pants folded on the top. I had my underwear and socks in the middle and my shorts on the left. My shoes, which would have been maybe two or three pairs. I had them in the bottom in my work boots. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, like that was, that was hard. That was a really hard point. And, That was in my junior year, um, halfway through senior year. Uh, I played my entire football season, living with my best friend while my mom was still present in my life, Um, you know, but I I quickly, like I said, I don't hold grudges. I don't want to hold grudges. And so I had quickly come to the realization, like I don't not want my mom in my life, you know? So even though it had hit like basically rock bottom, the Mm -hmm. lowest it's ever been, I was like, dang, like I don't, I don't, I can't continue this cycle of not being, not having that present or her not being that present. And for me, if it took me saying, Hey, I need you in my life or mm-hmm. whatever for her, for her to be in there and not break and not break or yeah, I guess not break the curse or break the curse. Then that's what I was going to do. I was going to be the initiator and I was going to embrace it. Right. So I was like, there was November, my, my junior year, um, which I actually, I think it was December football had just ended. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, my mom had finally gotten everything back under her feet. Um, I'll preface this right before, right before I had moved out and moved in with my best friend in between of the divorce and moving with my best friend, we live with my grandpa. And okay. for that me, my brother and my mom shared the same closet, the same bedroom. All four of us shared the, um, the same bathroom. I slept on the couch every night for like a month, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I, I guess every circumstance is different, but, um, and then after that I went and lived with my best friend. So, um, Because just the relationship where it was, it was, it was, it was, I just couldn't stay there. I had to change my environment. And so, um, November, my senior year, um, I'm like, well, you have your, my mom had finally gotten a a good job. She was working really hard. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I I love about my mom. She's always worked really, really hard. So is mine. So, and she's always been able to provide, you know, if we didn't have money, it was going to come up somehow. Somehow it was going to come up. I don't know how, sometimes I still don't know how she did it, but, very grateful for that because it mm-hmm. taught me a little bit about work ethic. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if that's one thing I learned from my mother, it's not only how to love, but yeah. work ethic.
1: And so two great things to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, no matter the circumstance. And I think that honestly, that's a realization I just kind of had just now. No matter the circumstance. Um, wow. But powerful. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah. And um, let's see. I was she had like I said, she had finally gotten a good job and then I moved back in with her. And I was like, well, like I said, I want you in my life. So I moved back in with her and then after that, I, you know, finished out senior year and then obviously COVID happened and the rest is history. Right now I'm here. I've I told all that story before, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, that was a little bit about how I grew up. It was tough, dude. It was, I doubted a lot. I didn't walk. So it wasn't easy. Like I didn't mm-hmm. walk in my faith. So it definitely wasn't easy. I didn't understand the things that went on. I didn't know why, uh, which I think now, now I'm a really big advocate for why, and how and what why do I feel the way that I do? Mm. Why do I act the way that I act? Mm. And so now, like the past year of my life
1: has been reflecting on all of that. We I one of my my best friend, um, I've talked to him about this before, where we run programs like through our life, like we we do certain behaviors and we do we act certain ways because of things that happened in our past and that's what we learn to do. Mm-hmm. And your life completely changes when you're able to identify Mm -hmm. why do I do this right now? Why am Mm -hmm. I feeling this way? Where's this originating from? And sometimes it is a dark place and sometimes you don't necessarily want to go there, but like there is so much power in understanding, okay, this is why I feel this way because now it could kind of, counter then and, and figure out okay this is why it's happening let's not do this you anymore. get you get to the root of it yes you
0: understand it and i that's there's dude there's so much power in it yeah. because then after you figure out the root you are like, okay well this makes sense now you can control it now you have control a full grasp of it so i think a lot of times like situations that can occur to you um it was one morning i had a flat tire on my way to work mm-hmm. i just got brand new tires just got brand new tires like the week before right that's rough so i that's uh, so rough I'm going. I'm going on my way to work. Uh, this was back in Missouri. I was going. On, I was on my way to work. I had low profile rims, and so that like the sidewall of my tire is like four inches thick. Right, mm-hmm. they're not like big tires. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and I turned the corner of the stoplight. I was going a little fast, I'm going like forty. Yeah. I uh, didn't slow down, and I popped. I jumped this curb. Right. It, yeah. it wasn't like I didn't like drive over the curb. Right. But I just I just bumped it a little bit, and it was like one of those curbs that's like straight up and down. And it's okay. like a foot, It's like a foot tall. It's not one of those round curbs. You no. can't just jump on it. So it was like a, a foot tall. And I hit that. Well, it bit my rim. And like I said, and it popped my tire. And so I, I'm like, dude, this cannot be happening to me right now. It's 7 in the morning or almost 7. I had to work at 7. And I'm on my way to the office. And it takes me like, I was like five five minutes away. It's like, all right, well, screw it. Soon after, I see my little dial on my my uh, speedometer. starts ticking down my tire pressure. And then it goes flat. And then I can feel it. And then I can feel that. You know, so I'm on the highway. I'm going like 35, I've got my hazards on. I'm just trying to make it to work. Right. So I think that what we can do a lot of times is we can take the circumstance that happens to us and we can just let it completely deflate our day. Yes. We let it ruin our day. And for that, for me, I had to take a second, put myself basically outside of my body and say, okay, let's pause. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Let's just get to work. Let's just focus on getting to work. Sometimes, Bro. sometimes it's not about. Thinking about, oh, well, I'm going to have to pay this much money. I'm going to have yeah. to do this. And I just got these tires last week. You know, this is the, I dropped, I just, I dropped $800 on tires. Which yeah. Tires are not cheap. And I could have, dude, I could have, I could have sulked in it. You could have. I worried about the next step. I just got to work. I love that. That's all I cared about I love that. getting to work. So I got to work, right? And I, I get in my van. I go to work that day because we get in our vans and we drive to work, take, take the vans out to wherever we're going that day. Not a crazy big city. So we always drive to the shop in the morning. And we leave the shop at the end of the day, mm. and um, I get to the I get to my van. We go to our job, and this is why I love my work. It's because I don't think. Mm. So honestly, forgot about my tire. Right, I forgot it was flat, okay. and so I I'm going to work. I get I get back to the shop at like four or four thirty. Um, it's an eight hour full eight hour day. Okay. I get back. My boss has changed. Put my spare on for me. So great, right? Now I can go to the, now I can go to the car shop. Mm-hmm. Worried about the next step, right? I wasn't. I didn't care. It was it was money. What I'm gonna I have purpose in my life. Yep. I work for a reason. I make money, right? Yep. It's a setback. Whatever. It's it, tough luck. Now, now what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sit and soak. No, so I had to embrace it. And I, you know, I shouldn't have been driving that fast. Whatever. Now here we are. Here are the consequences. So I get in my car. I go, you know, two or three miles down the road to the place I got my tires at. And what they had done, they take my tire off, figure out my rim is bent. They bent my rim back, which you got to be very careful with it because you can break rims really easy. Okay. They bent it back into place and they gave me a tire for free. And now here I am. I could have sat and let that ruin my day. Yep. All I had to do was thinking about the next step and worry about what I was gonna do next, not the end result. I wasn't worried about what was gonna go on at 4.30 or five o'clock in the evening, mm-hmm. you know, when I was gonna go get a new tire and have to pay so much money. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about that, I didn't really care. All I was worried about was getting the next step, right? So I get there, get a tire for free. Dude, and it's just, I think too many times we worry. We just worry, stop worrying. There's a reason for everything. Yep. So my perspective had to change then with, okay, I have a flat tire, that sucks. I'm gonna to have to spend this much money, that sucks this could have been saving me from a crash that I was going to get into exactly a mile down the road. And so it's like, like I said, perspective is really, really big for me. And it's really helped me through a lot of things in life. And that was one instance where it's like, dude, like I can't not think about it this way. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for it. The devil wants you to worry.
1: Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, so last year was the hardest year for me. Yeah. Um, I think I turned away from God the most. I second guessed everything. I questioned everything one because I was too easily influenced by other people. So if I, I mean, I'm listening dude to, to radio shows or whatever, and they're talking about how it's like stupid to believe in God. And I'm, I'm. Um, I mean, I have So I, this is stupid. I have a Tesla. Um, and, and Elon Musk is like really, really successful. And he talks about how he doesn't believe in like religion. Yeah. And, um, it's like, okay, so you're hearing it in all these different places. And then you go on, like, I, I think I mentioned you before. Um, when I, when I first got to Atlanta, I have always been super against dating sites, but I went on dating, like I downloaded Bumble or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I want to meet, I'm going to try to meet people. Right. And it's like spiritual or, atheist Mm. atheist atheist spiritual it's like okay so like women here Mm. don't believe in god it's like everyone like what am i doing am i just believing something that doesn't exist and this is a fantasy and this is all this is all made up um but that's that's what it was and and i would i would do these sinful acts and every time i felt so empty and i felt so disgusting i'm like i don't understand like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, though, right? Like yep. this is what is successful. Like this is what this is what society's told me is is going to is going to make me feel better. But why do I feel so bad every single time? Right. And it, it took a a super like low downfall in my life um, that complete completely changed my perspective on everything. It made me definitely turn to God. And the more I, I once again, is it seeked is that the more i was seeking him (laughs) the the less anxiety i had the the more fulfilled i had sure and it's like why is it that when you seek god things just your mindset just changes it it shifts your mindset because i'm not going to say that everything amazing happens because actually when you when you start turning to god more Mm -hmm. it's kind of it i think it's said in scripture that bad things will happen to you even more sometimes Mm -hmm. um but my mindset just shifted, and my, in my, my faith was just in a different place. Where yeah. it's like, I'm not worrying about these things anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. I. Um, that's kind of crazy. I think it's we're called to be something. Mm. and We're called to be different. Mm. We're called to be a light. Nowhere in it does it say your faith in God is going to keep you normal like everybody else. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I think that I mean that's just something that that happens. But I also want to jump into. Where you were going through a cycle, okay, right, and just going over and over and over. You are going to if you are in the, if you are in one chapter of a book, mm-hmm. you keep reading the same page over <laughs> and over and over and yep. over again. Yep, you're never gonna get to the next chapter. Nope, ever. Yep. And so whenever you keep committing and you keep doing these things that you know is wrong, you know you shouldn't be doing them, but you keep on doing it. You're never gonna fulfill your purpose. You're never gonna achieve what you truly want to achieve. Mm. So whenever you start to seek. And you flip that page and you turn that chapter you say, okay, I don't want to do this cycle anymore because yeah. I'm not getting anywhere. It's not working. As soon as you seek, as soon as you dive into the word, as soon as you, you know, that's all it takes. God's going to flip the chapter for yep. you. He's going to get you to where you want to be. You just have to stop living in your
1: own world. Yep. You know? So oh, I love that. That's crazy. I love that. Hey, Braden, thank you so much for being on, man. This was awesome. Yeah. This is so cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. so glad we did this, man. <laughs> it was great to be here.